Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. I will be playing Elyon. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elyon's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret, and she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Hi, everyone. Brendan here, popping in with a few announcements. First, I wanted to let you all know that this is the last episode of Act 1 of Like a Dragon-Blooded. We're still in the process of recording Act 2, and I'd prefer not to release it until all of Act 2 is done. So for Friday releases, we'll be switching over to Deadlands. Going forward, I do still have some between-act episodes of Exalted that I'll be releasing as bonus content, but they'll be released when they're ready, as opposed to every week. Like in Friendly Neighborhood Exalts, we all got together for a bigger episode in person that is a Prison Break episode that's pretty heavily inspired by the recently released third season of Baki. This basically means that it's a little heavier on the combat and a little lighter on the plot. It's still pretty goofy, and we had a lot of fun with it, but I'd say combat takes up about half of the story arc, as opposed to the maybe 20% we had in Act 1. I'll make sure to release a TLDR episode of what had happened before Act 2 starts proper, but I wanted everyone to know we had a crap ton of fun with it. After the episode, I'll have a few extra things to say, as well as some final outtakes. But for everyone who's made it this far with us, thank you so much. Ferris, is there anything that you'd like to do? I know that uh, we had all come in here with the intention of you being the uh, the person to make the deals, and then I think that the uh, the other two decided that we're going to make sure that this deal is the best. Um, I'm gonna definitely like kind of walk around the table, look at the document papers at myself, just just pa- uh, passively, not like fine tooth like the other two are. And I just want to look around the room for anything interesting or anything that could be uh, useful later information-wise. Zeke out a little bit so he can kind of stretch his legs. Okay. Um, In that case, I'm going to say that you can make me either a perception and awareness role, or you can make me a intelligence investigation, whichever one is better. So I'm going to do perception and awareness. Okay. Is there anything that you'd like to do uh, using Zeke specifically? So when no one's looking, at least not the people who work here are looking, I want to let Zeke out and just kind of give him a a nod and just say, uh, go exploring, but like whisper it to him and just let him down on the ground. And I want him to try to basically see if he can find ways 
maybe into other rooms or something and kind of like tell me because he can speak to me when he gets back kind of tell me what he may or may not have heard or um if he finds anything since he knows the value of like money and hordes and stuff if he finds anything that might be of interest okay um in that case do you want him to actually take stuff with him or do you want him to just report back to you if he finds something that he deems important for me to have or see i would like him to bring it back and you can use that to your best uh ferret judgment who knows the value of money and hordes i know he can't read so okay now now in in fairness uh zeke is also a a god-blooded ferret of the god of thievery so uh he's my special boy He's your special boy, and he's got special eyes. As you set Zeke down, he looks up to you with little little ferret noises, and then, while no one is looking, kind of scampers off. Uh, you do not know where that he goes, but I will be having asking you to make some rolls for for him. However, before that, we're doing any rolls for him. Is there anything that you'd like to roll for you? Well, I still have to roll my perception and awareness. That you told me to roll. Okay. Uh, is there any way that you'd like to, uh, uh, for the basic description that you gave me earlier, I'll give you an extra two dice. Do you want to up that at all through any charms or anything? Uh, no, I'll just take the two for now. Okay. Go ahead and roll that. Oh boy. Okay. Seven successes there. Now I'm going to ask you to make me, I need you to roll me nine dice. See, Britt's computer likes Britt, not me. Zeke is my special boy. Okay. Next, I need you to roll me 11 dice. And I promise that I will be telling you exactly what happens in just a moment. Holy shit, Britt. We are good at what we do. Special boy. Special boy. Okay. And now I need you to roll me 12 dice. All right. If whatever you're having uh, me roll for involves any of his special abilities, he does have a couple things that gives him like bonuses on certain numbers. Oh, I do remember. And yes, it has. And I'm about to tell you exactly what happened to Zeke. So anything that would be useful going forward. Um, as that you're wandering around and looking about, uh, you notice that he has a couple of folders on his desk that he has tried to hide and kind of shuffle underneath other folders. Uh, he is obviously hiding them from you all. Uh, but you pick that you pick out that he has been having correspondences as they're labeled with, they are labeled as these folders are specifically labeled as realm correspondence and uh haslanti correspondence um as you continue around his desk you can see that there is a picture uh there is a portrait that has been painted uh a very small one almost like a family picture that one might find on a desk that uh divine has ceased to notice but it is of it looks like samir in uh his younger days 
uh, back when the, he had hair and wasn't at, quite as greasy. And it looks like him next to a uh, woman who's taller than him with a small child uh, between them. Looks like a little boy. Oh. And then besides that, you notice something that is glowing coming from the uh, top drawer of his desk. You can't make it out without opening it up, though. Oh, I'm going to open it. And if um, as I open it, I want to do it. I want to open it. If it's not locked, I want to open it quickly as I like cough or something. That way it just kind of looks like I'm clear or I want to clear my throat loudly. Get it popped open and then maybe reach for like a glass of water to just quench my thirst. If it's locked, then I'm going to drop something on the ground accidentally like maybe i'm playing with my glasses or something and i drop them on the ground and i go to pick them up look like i'm looking under the desk for them so i'm out of view and then pick the lock the desk drawer is in fact locked so you're going to drop something and then try and pick the lock very rapidly yeah or i'm gonna like kind of like look around the room and like bump the desk and my hand knock over like a cup of pens or pencils or whatever and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get that and start like bend down. I'll pick them up and pick the lock. The set of quills that you bump uh, go across the floor and Samir, Divine and Elian probably all look at you. And I feel like there is... And, you know, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a moment between like the gang looking at Ferris and them kind of like having like they all share a single brain cell moment where they kind of realize what that she's doing and then kind of get uh, Samir's attention back on the contract. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's OK. She'll take care of it. About this line here, I just wanted to double check that we're on the same page about the wording of this. It says and then just kind of like direct his attention, even if I have to like kind of like shift to like move the paper. So he's looking directly at the line that I'm pointing to. And I'm going to lean like on the other side of him as I uh, give him a shoulder rub. Yeah. You look like real tense. Like I know we're going through a lot of this and like really get that good shoulder rub going, but maybe I can help you relax. uh, Sammy baby. And uh, you know, Get this, uh, get this all hashed out. Elian's real good at uh, finding the little things. So afterwards, maybe you know. Nah, I'm not gonna say it. we're in polite company. I will absolutely count uh, you describing the quills falling over, as well as your friends helping out there a little bit too, as a uh, as a three dot stunt for you there, Britt, because I think that is really really good. So that is two uh, two extra dice onto whatever else you want to do for the larceny roll an automatic success and you can basically spend a willpower for free to get another automatic success because the three dot uh because the three dot stunt gives you a willpower back okay i'm also going to spend um one moat for my personal to use nimble thief's fingers no one can follow the sinuous fluid motions of the dragon's blood's hands as she enacts her slight she rerolls sixes until they cease to appear on a roll to steal object, pick a lock, 
poison meal, cheetah cards, or any other use of larceny that involves manual dexterity or sleight of hand. All right. That is going to be a dex and larceny roll with two extra dice and two automatic successes. Anything else you want to add into there? I will let you know this because this has to be done fairly quickly. Um, This is going to be at a higher difficulty. The difficulty I'm going to set for it is going to be a five. So if you want to use an excellency to up the amount of dice you get and everything, uh, now would be the time to say that. I will go ahead and use an excellency as well and spend two motes of my personal for another automatic success to use underground reverse flow. Okay, so that's three auto successes and an extra two dice for you. And do you have any specialties in this or anything? No, not yet. I was going to put uh, picking locks, but I have pickpocketing right now. So when I was going to spend my XP, I was going to put another specialty in. Okay, that's something for later then. Go ahead and roll then. So it's just the two extra total? Uh, The two extra dice plus your regular dice you would have rolled and then a an automa- uh, and then your automatic 3 that you're getting the one from the stunt the one from the stunt the one from the willpower that you're going to be using cuz you get a willpower back so why not use it and then uh, the one from the excellency okay just making sure I'm typing the right number hot damn you also get to reroll sixes right i do okay so eight successes total you are able to, in one fluid motion, as that you bend and snap to get the quills back up, unlock the desk. No one is the wiser. Are you also going to take what's in the desk, I assume? Um, yeah, since all of this is like sleight of hand, take what's in the desk, clean up the pi- the the quills, and then as I set the uh the cup down, set it down loudly so I can close the drawer. Okay. Um, getting the object out of the desk is going to be a, I would say that is probably a pickpocket roll. And I'll give you an extra two dice for that. This is obviously going to be at a low, this is going to be at a regular difficulty of three. So it's not going to be that hard to do. Okay. And you said it's a Dex and Larceny for that too. Yes, but it is pickpocketing, so you would get your uh, your specialty. Thievery and pickpocketing are kind of like the same thing in my head. Good Hot God. Uh, let it be known, because this is a great roll. She rolled 11 dice and got 12 successes. She got four tens. Holy shit, Britt. I think I got this, Brendan, but I can't, I don't know. Can you tell me? Okay, no, actually, Britt, you tell me. How good does this look? Good enough that the god of theory comes down and gives her a quick high five. So, how big is the object? The object is about uh, fist sized. Okay, so what I'm going to do is take the object. Is it glowing really brightly? like, Or can I like wrap it in something to hide the glow? It is glowing fairly brightly, but if you were to wrap it in something, it would hide the glow. Cool. So I'm going to take off one of my scarves that I wear around my waist, wrap it up in there real quick, and then shove it down my shirt in between my my breasts. The lady pockets. My lady pockets. And uh, 
make it so like because my shirt's loose and flowy so you can't really see anything there and then um i'm going to pick up the quills put them in the cup set the cup down quickly as i bump the desk drawer with my hip to pop it closed and uh just kind of pop up with a smile i'm so sorry i really need to pay attention to what i'm doing sometimes and then like fix the quills up a little bit better maybe fix a couple papers that i might have like accidentally shuffled okay um i will once you are out of uh out of the building and able to inspect it, I will happily tell you what it is that you just got at this moment. As you're coming around the desk, uh, Zeke comes in from up above and falls into said lady pocket and has a big ferret grin on his face. Perfect. Um, the entire process is finished up after a little bit. And, you all are free to leave with uh, with the keys and directions to your new uh, floor. As we're leaving, I want to look to um, Samir and, with a smile and like a little, like a grateful like head bow, and just say thank you for taking Divine out for coffee. He really needs this. Have your people contact my people, Sammy baby. And with that, uh, you guys head to the elevator. Wait, hold on, I got some oh. shit to say. <laughs> after uh, after oh, Divine says that, I'm going to be like, in stock, just a position of that comment. Go fuck yourself. Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the apartment. The roly-poly man looks furious, and before that he can start screaming in his nasally voice, which I honestly have no idea how to start screaming in that voice, uh, the doors to the elevator shut and you all uh, start heading down before you can hear him. Well, I wouldn't have said it as we were leaving, like like right before the elevator closed. I would have said it like right to his face and then walked away. But that's fine either way. Oh, right. No, what I'm saying is, is that he kind of like is stu- while they, after you say that seething. He's, like, he's seething, trying to find the words for it. And before and as soon as that he does and you can hear him start yelling is when that the elevator doors close. Yeah, toodaloo, asshole. You you just gotta you got you gotta get the ribs in, don't you, Ricky? I quite literally cannot help it. That's fantastic. Fine. Okay, um, uh, behind the curtain moment. That's actually one of Ricky's intimacies. I cannot help but talk shit. All right, then. So going forward, um, there are a couple things I want to go over with you guys uh, on recording. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Brit. Or I'm sorry, uh, Ferris, what you had stolen uh, and put into your uh, lady pocket was um, what is known as a hearthstone. I will go over the specifics of it once that I finish designing it, but you have now acquired a hearthstone. Hearthstone. Ooh, that's awesome. Zeke, on the other hand has managed to acquire a thing for himself that I will be designing and I will reveal to you uh, later. My goodest boy. He knows what it's up. Uh, He had pickpocketed someone very special uh, in the other room. Uh, So basically to let you know what had happened uh, as that you're going down the elevator, uh, Zeke begins to regale you the tale of his uh, thievery. Uh, All of you just hear ferret noises coming from this ferret that is poking out of uh, Ferris's blouse. 
I like to picture it as like every so often you'll see Ferris talking to Zeke and him making ferret noises back. And it's just like, it's the kind of co- people conversation you see that's just like, is this a crazy cat lady or what? However, Ferris, you understand it as, all right, so there I was. And let me tell you, you would not believe the size of this guy. Huge, like a fucking mountain over here. So I went in there and I snuck, I snuck through the vents and then I, I strolled over to him. And then I stuck up his leg, uh, up, up, up the pants, and into his pockets. And inside the pockets, you would not believe what I found. Little tiny, tiny little manacles. And Zeke kind of pulls out a set of tiny, ferret-sized manacles. Oh my god. <laughs> now, I don't know what these do. But we're going to find out together. I'm sure they're going to be useful for something, right, Ferris? Oh, definitely, Zeke. I think these are going to be fun. All of you just see her responding to a bunch of squeaking. It it did at one point pull out a pair of uh, manacles, you think, and then put them away somewhere. But that was about it for the elevator ride down. Uh, upon getting down and uh, getting basically moving everything over to the other over to the other building, uh, you guys are brought up to the uh, the 72nd floor, I believe it was for the uh, for the 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 entire floor of this skyscraper that you guys just bought. It is not completely empty. That would be rude of them. But it is very spartan there's a few pieces of furniture there's some walls for cubicles there's little bits of lighting and everything here but there's other stuff that's kind of like you would have to provide for it you guys know that since you put together the money to buy the floor the other two captains uh, said that they would fund the entire remodeling of it. So you don't have to worry about spending any of your hard gotten money on this. That remaining two and a half mil that you guys got uh, from doing the deal and everything. That's all yours to split between the rest of you to do with it, whatever you want. Time passes and you guys probably get the grunts of the gang to help furnish and make this place look presentable to the to the current matriarch of the Goesatara family matriarch Goesatara sorrow so let me know how do you guys decorate this entire floor of the apartment what does it look like to you guys all right guys you got this tell me how do we decorate? Oh man, not even crickets. I don't even know how to decorate my own house. Y- y'all tell me. Well, like I have an idea on how I would decorate like Ferris's space. It would be like beanbag chairs and some plants and very like hippie like. Yeah, I-, I imagine it's like a uh, like a Google facilities. Like it's obviously still an office but very much uh, 
form over function with, you know, you got the desks for when work needs to be done, but it's mostly a comfortable place for us and our family to hang out. It's just a dark, dank Italian restaurant. That's what it is. You know, you know, I was imagining it when you were first going, I was following, you know, I was imagining this like, like simple, clean look with like chairs and like desks and stuff, maybe a couch or two here to like hang out and like talk business and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Maybe like a little bar off to the side. So like if we wanted to make our own drinks or something, but a then like, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, when you go to each person's individual space, it is nothing like how the outside looks. I imagine Ricky, if he has his hands at it, makes the whole place have sort of a feng shui-esque appearance. You know, coordinating colors and, like, there's probably, like, ritualistic shaman seals and, like, you know, some occult nonsense to keep out bad shit. Yeah, and, like, Divine's definitely replaced the whole front wall of his office with, like, the paper sliding doors. And it's just, like... Get a fucking futon on the fucking... In, on fucking everything? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, and you got, like, the bamboo fountain that doinks. Okay, but I have a question for Ricky here. Hey, buddy. How much of that occult shit is, uh, is nonsense bullshit, and how much of that is legitimate? Well, sir... Seeing as I have a cult five, you tell me. Oh, I know that you know how to do the the actual occult bullshit. It'll be as real as you let me be. Oh, it it if you want it all to be real and good at warding, then sure, go for it. We can we can work on something with that. But I know that you have a habit of sometimes uh stretching the truth. Uh you know, your ample your amps haunted. No, his shit's his shit's gonna be pretty real. Okay, so you set down some uh some ceiling talismans. Uh yeah, at some point you might like pick up the carpet and then put some uh some salt lines down underneath the carpet. Make oh, sure yes. some like ba- uh some some of the dead can't get in and uh mess with you all. There's probably like incense burning and like candles around, you know, ambiance and shit. The room is certainly in balance. Retrograde, even. <laughs> Mercury ain't gonna touch this shit. Hell no, it ain't. So, with the place decorated to you all's taste, the day comes uh, when that the ship sailing from uh, Great Forks down here, uh, bearing the matriarch, is going to be here. The other two captains tell you all to wait and do some la- uh, to wait here and do some last minute preparations that they will go and fetch her. What's the while, while that they wait while that you guys are waiting? What's the conversation like between you all as that you're waiting? Uh, I guess a little apprehensively for pretty much like your you, your big boss to come in. Uh, Divine's just gonna like. <clears throat> leaning up against the wall with a glass of wine in his hand. So, uh, I know we got to a bumpy start when we first met, but it's been a, uh, it's been an honor working with y'all, and I look forward to further endeavors together. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, mostly enjoyed this entire endeavor. 
There were a few times I did not enjoy it. I have no idea what you mean. Well, you weren't there for some of it, so you wouldn't know what I mean. Running through the sewers trying to make sure you don't get caught by the entire guild is uh, not what I would call fun. I mean, it beats getting your arm cut up. I don't know. Yeah, true. At least, at least we sent a message. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, and we saved a lot of people. And we got a party. Like, we own a gambling hall, a host club. Oh, speaking of partying, we're going to have to throw a fucking bang out uh, housewarming party. You know, make a bunch of fucking noise and piss off Samir. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, since we got the keys to the to get in, I say we just throw it on somebody else's floor. Oh, true. Hey, doesn't uh, hmm, doesn't my nami have a floor on this goddamn? Doesn't his family have a floor on this goddamn building? Uh, they do not. Their base of operations in the city is actually the third floor of his restaurant. So, as that you're mentioning that and thinking about whether or not that Minami has a four here, uh, whether or not that Minami's family has a four in this building, the elevator doors ding and open up, uh, revealing, uh, three figures, two of which you've met multiple times, which are, uh, desert bloom and Akoki. They are both flanking, um, a rather tall and slender figure. Uh, she clocks in at probably about six four, six five. Um, she is dressed essentially to the nines. Uh, is the best way that I could describe it in a form fitting gown, and has uh, a nice, sensible hat to keep her hair tucked in. Moving along with them. And kind of like sashaying like as it, she moves and kind of like she kind of has this like intimidating presence when that she moves and it takes a little bit to realize why whenever that she moves, there's a like loud clank of like metal. And as that you guys like kind of look down like over her form and everything, the uh, dress that she's wearing stops just above a pair of artifact boots, which are known as a martial arts weapon called God kicking boots. Um, they are socketed with multiple hearthstones, implying that this is a uh, relatively powerful artifact. And as that she moves, she looks to you all and uh, smiles genuinely. Oh, my little family. It's so nice to see you. And you've made and you've gotten us such a nice, splendid, amazing place to call our own. She gives you all a very sensible bow. Uh, not the kind that is uh, showing de deference from like a lesser to a to a someone of a higher station, but something that is like of a, like like a teacher showing uh, showing respect to a student. The you did good kid nod. Uh, 
I don't know what is a respectful bow in this society, but Ricky does that. Uh, and it's a, it's a pleasure to see you. Uh, question for, I believe that Ferris and Divine, since they are from the Riverlands, have met uh, the matriarch before. But have Ricky and uh, Elian met her before? Probably not, Ricky. Ricky's pretty uh, bottom of the barrel uh, slum uh, upbringing as far as like where he comes from. Uh, I'd probably go with no, I think. Okay, fair enough. Um, so when the, you bow and she notices the both of you, she smiles and kind of moves over. Uh, besides the clanking of the boots, um, it would be a very like soft walk. But, you know, what can you do when the, you got to kick so much ass? These are my ass kicking boots. Ah, yes. Uh, Ricky Maru and... She kind of points over to Elian. Uh, Renal Elian, correct? Correct. Yes, ma'am. It is an absolute pleasure to make your acquaintance. My captains speak nothing but praise of the work that you've done. I am glad to hear it. It is a pleasure to meet you. And they just kind of nod their head respectfully. Ricky's kind of taken aback and uh, partially by his... uh, the full a full part of his name being used and also and also uh for the praise he just kind of nods humbly she moves over to one of the couches or lounging areas that you all have set up and kind of sits herself down and uh crosses her legs uh respectfully and so then i hear tell that you're all trying to make war with the guild I mean, somebody's got to push them out of your territory, don't we? Nah, they started it. They did indeed start it. Oh, don't we ever know that. But we aim to finish that here now, don't we? She has kind of a... She's been very respectful to you guys, but she has a very... uh, When she says that we aim to finish that, she has a very, like... Almost like a flash of cruelty, like... It goes over her face. Uh, Divine's going to pour a glass of wine from the table where he's had the uh, wine sitting and bring it over to her. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think cohabitation in this city is going to work too well. And he's going to offer her the glass. She takes the glass and uh, sniffs the wine and then takes a... uh, little sip of it before setting it down again. No, I don't believe that cohabitation will work. So then we should get started on a plan to kick them out of our territory. Unless there's anything else that you all wanted to speak of. I mean, I think that book covers it for me. I think uh, we can all agree that they're, you know, not welcome. I will say that not only getting them out is a good idea, but maybe finding a way to stop them from their uh, trafficking ring would be in a pretty good interest as well. At the mention of the trafficking ring, he kind of like looks down at the manacle on his wrist and nods to himself and everyone else. 
Yes, well, we can't abide slavery anymore in this town. There, the guilds are number one priority. After that, well, assuming that the realm hasn't collapsed by the time that we take out the guild, uh, House Sinus is on our next list. But that's... Oh, by that time, it'll probably be another hmm, century or two. I'm not sure that I'll be alive to see that. House Sinus is a uh, Mummy Dearest's house, right? Correct. Nope. Yeah, they, uh, I can agree with that. It's going to be a shame that we got to, you know, off Thanos. He's got a certain, uh, je ne sais quoi that I respect, but. Nah, fuck that guy. Oh, now, Divine, that's not exactly how that you have to off people. Uh, that That's not how you kick someone out of a town. We can you know, murder them, but, well, I mean, sometimes it works out, but other times, it's just enough to beat them within an inch of their life and have them know that you're the ones who did it. No, no. When people do that to Ricky, it kind of pisses them off and makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. I guess that do be how it works, don't it? Yes, sir. That do be how it works. But you know, Divine, not all of us can be as furious at the world as, uh, as your friend Ricky here. After all, he he did his stint with the Immaculate Order and decided that he wanted to think for himself. Well, I'd say think is a strong word, but I get what you're saying. Ricky looks, uh, is starting to look just like a smidge uncomfortable at how much about his life that the, uh, that is known, but not like scared uncomfortable, like uneasy, like being put on the spot. What's your guile? Like, is like is this like a noticeable thing? Oh, or? my guile is zero. Ricky oh. has no manipulation or social skills. Oh, okay. So, so it's noticeable then. Yeah, probably. She sees this, and you you see her make eye contact with you for a moment, and she nods as if it, uh, not as if she's saying sorry, but maybe she'll pick on someone else to talk to for a little bit or to talk about. Okay. All right. So I know why that three are you three of you are here. She kind of looks between Divine, Ricky, and Ferris. And then her uh, her gaze lands on Elian. But you've eluded my eyes. What drives you, Elian? I get to do what I enjoy. And I enjoy using my investigation skills to find people and things and figure stuff out, root out people lying and trying to take advantage of others. And the not this family way. She nods. Uh, there's there's a look about her as, uh, as if that she's a little bit more content to have you here. The best way I can put it is, as she mentioned, uh, you were kind of a blank spot in uh, what that she knew about. You you were the harder of the four of you guys to get a read on. Uh, Divine, Divine Ricky and uh, Ferris kind of lead with their hearts on their sleeves, which is a, uh, I, I would say, a pretty common thing among uh, these kinds of tropes of gangs. 
but you're the one who doesn't fit the mold. So she was always very curious about what drove you. Oh no, I'm not like the other three. Yeah, it was a four, I'll have you know. I just never use it. I think I was like a two or a three. It's not the best. Elhan doesn't have a lot of like social skills. <laughs> well then, uh Oh yes, I did have a message for you, uh, Elian. I met a friend of yours while I was traveling from uh from Gem Great back to Great Forks. Oh, I I don't have any friends out that way, but I do know someone who's currently out that way. Uh, what is the message? Uh, they said that they would be coming to see you before year's end. Ah, good. Good to know. I, I thank you for delivering that for me. Yes, yes, of course. She uh, leans back in the couch and kind of like spreads her arms out and uncrosses her legs and just kind of looks like that she's finally getting the chance to relax. All right, then. Well, I'm here. I say that before we get down to actual business, party. Give me just a few minutes. I'll be back with all the hosts from our club. So I'm not going to have us role play that out. But the scene kind of dies down while the divine goes to uh, do that. Is there anything that you guys would like to talk about with the matriarch uh, before we wrap for the night? Um, I think I would just ask like how business is going and if there's anything specific she would want help with or need. Okay. Anyone else have any uh, specific uh, scenes or anything that they want to do with her? I think Ricky's a kind of under the impression that she kind of knows his entire life already. So probably he might actually like, there might even be a smidge of him that's nervous. Okay. Uh, Christina or Cody, anything else you guys would like? Nah, I'm just here to party hard. I don't think so. I guess maybe just ask what's been going on away from Cherisgaro and just kind of get updated on that. Small talk. Kind of small talk. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. It's just like, how's business? Small talk type stuff. It, it was more from for Elion trying to find out anything important that might be help happening elsewhere that she knows about that maybe they haven't heard about over here or that, you know, we haven't been updated about yet. As far as things go with business, uh, that uh, Ferris and the matriarch speak of, it's basically uh, the talk of how that she wants to how that she wants to get the uh, get a larger grip on the financial institutions in the area and try to kind of use uh, underhanded tactics to kind of um, more or less like blackmail some people in power to kind of give uh, give the family more power to help kick out the guild. Uh, she also wants to go through the process of buying up properties and ha- having them be legitimate businesses that are, that also have some like illegal gambling rings in the back or like illegal weapons deals or like ways to smuggle artifacts. 
you know, really like ranges the gamut of how to produce a lot of money. Because with money, you can get a lot of power. And one of the other things that strikes your interest that uh, you do hear her mention is she wants to recruit people of faith, people who can pray and mean it. This is having faith and everything in the gods is not an unheard of thing in this world. The gods are real. All of you know that they are real. This is an immutable fact about the world. What you don't know is why that a mortal would want people to pray uh, to specific things. She has an idea. Brendan, Power. I, so I hear the mention of uh, like gods and whatnot. I might like slowly walk towards the conversation and listen in. So yeah, so you hear her talking about uh, how that well, yes, we can just uh, if we can recruit some people of faith to start praying to some of the more choice gods on our side, we might be able to swing some certain things in our favor. You know, hit them, hit the guild where it really hurts their coin purse at the uh, at those words. Ricky's not going to say anything, but it's going to raise his left hand and tap the manacle on his wrist with his staff. She looks over. Ah, yes, that's, uh, do you need that taken off, Ricky? Quite the opposite. The, uh, I couldn't help it over here position on, uh, slavery earlier. I couldn't help it over here talk about gods earlier, too. The, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, I don't think follower is the right word. I am, a an associate of the, uh, the Broken Maiden. She gives you a look of confusion and kind of nods. You'll have to excuse me, Ricky. I'm unaware of which deity that that is. Um, I've only really studied the ones that are. Uh, hmm. Ah, I, I, I'm sorry. My apologies. And Ricky's just going to take a hand, grab the manacle and just pull it off. Because he has a thing that lets him escape any bonds. The broken, uh, broken maiden's the god of emancipation and freedom. Champion of the enslaved. Oh, I see. Yes, that could be quite useful. There's a lot of yes, mmm. Ooh. Excellent idea there, Ricky. He'll just nod and put the manacle back on. So, anything else you guys want to, uh, want to discuss? With that, the... Divine comes back with uh, with other people and you all have a party that goes across multiple floors, I assume, because you all are a bunch of. Well, most of you are a bunch of punks. Most, I it's prefer pretty, much, them, it's thank pretty you. much just me. <laughs> no, each each one of you has a little bit of the old Tokyo Revengers in you. OK, that's true. After a while, the uh, security offices are called and you are asked to keep your your party to the one floor. And as uh, it, is one of the security officers that comes up, Toby. Yes. And that's why it gets to go on for so much longer. He's the first one to come up and he's like, oh, no, you guys got this. I'm going to give him a shot and just be like, thanks, bud. Once you uh, once you get off, uh, we'll be we'll be up here. You know where to find us. 
He's very happy for it. Eventually, though, the other guards do come up and corral you all. The party goes back to the 72nd floor, and as the sun sets and then rises as you all are asleep, passed out, doing whatever that you do after a party, the curtain closes on Act 1 of Like a Dragon-Blooded. Hey. Somewhere off in Gem, a person adopts a very similar stance to something that you all have seen. And a bolt of super condensed heated essence evaporates the head of someone in uh, in the alleyway that they were fighting in. Somewhere off to the west, a group of people board a boat headed one day for Chiroscuro. On board is one of your family members. Well, more like a cousin. Somewhere in the city, uh, a large man and his small child are running around and playing uh, while they're being watched over by three uh, three lifelong friends who have taken to making sure that the area in the undermarket that they're going to call their home stays safe. And somewhere just a little bit west of here, out in the lap, a beat-up, fire-aspected monk limps into town with stories of how that a man who used to be the used to be a brother of theirs in the Immaculate Order decided that he was going to go against the will of the Immaculates and free a goddess. And that's where we're going to wrap up. Yay. Thanks to everyone for taking the time to enjoy our show. You've somehow made it roughly 23 episodes and hopefully enjoyed your time in creation with us. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend about us, leave a comment about your favorite moment of Act 1, or even just smack the like button. Hell, if you're feeling up for it, I'm always open to feedback from listeners. Leave us a review with what we're doing good and what we can improve on. You can follow us on Twitter at a pair of dice lost or send an email to a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. For making it this far, I wanted to give you all a little treat. As you know, these games are heavily influenced by the Yakuza game series, which follows a four-act structure called Kisho Tenketsu. What this means basically is introduction, mystery or development, twist, and conclusion. If you can believe it, that was somehow the calmest this game is ever going to be. The stakes are about to get raised in the Atonement Prison arc as bonus content, but until then, faithful listeners, I see how far you've come since episode 1. 
So per the game rules, go ahead and up your essence score. See y'all in the Weird West. Bye. All right, Mr. Tommy Sullivan. Hey, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> instead, instead of Blight, it's the Bone Puppet Plague he gets. Oh. Oof. You're going to get bone there, buddy. That was part of the joke, was there is deboning and boning involved. Boo. I just realized I didn't roll enough dice last time. It happens. Like, I got enough success successes to do the thing, so I don't care. But I have five in Dex and five in Larceny, so that would have put me at ten already. And I all I did was do five, plus my extras. Wow. So, it's fine. I got the successes. I'm going to do it right this time. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to uh, stop the recording for now because we are at almost an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, get this offloaded. And uh, so everybody go take 10. We're going to stretch. Uh, do do some old Japanese people calisthenics. calisthenics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we are going to come back for the uh, the big scene for the apartment. <laughs> All I got to say is if this place is a dump when we go into it, oh boy. And just a little bit east of here. Or actually, you know what? Let me double check my map. I'm so sorry. I always forget which way that the lap is from Chiroscuro. <laughs> <laughs>